Before we look into God's word together, let us speak with him once more. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us your word. And Lord, we need your help if we are to understand it here this morning. It is not just good enough to have your word. It is not good enough to just read your word. But Lord, we want to understand what you have said to us. Lord, we pray that you may give us much of your Holy Spirit's help this morning. May he guide us in the truth that you have proclaimed. It is such a wonderful inheritance that we have from the apostles to have your word before us. Lord, we pray that you may be particularly present with us this morning so that we become more and more like Jesus Christ as we submit ourselves to the teaching of your word. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, often when you make a change for the better, there are difficulties that come with making that change. And sometimes these difficulties make you want to stick with the old. I've experienced a fair bit of change in my life in the last uh, couple of weeks, and that's come with moving house. I'm not a big fan of moving house because there are many difficulties that are involved in picking up from one spot and changing to another. The obvious is, of course, moving all your possessions is quite difficult. So you've got to pack it all up, and then there's, of course, with the dishes, you've got to wrap them, make sure they're all uh, carefully taken care of. You can't just dump them into a box together. And then you've got big items that are difficult, and particularly we have a piano, which makes moving even more difficult. Uh, Even when you ring up removalists, many of them say, oh, you've got a piano, we can't help you. Oh, you've got a piano, we can't help you. Uh, It is quite difficult uh, to, to move some objects that are in your home. And then there's the things that you often forget about. I forgot about electricity, gas, uh, getting those uh, changed over. You've got to do those things. And then the telephone. And of course, with the telephone comes the internet. And so you've got to change that across as well. You've got to get your mail redirected, which we haven't uh, had to do here, thankfully. We've been able to start picking up the mail just down the road at 15 Bowman Street for a while now. Uh, But there is still mail coming to 73 Tranmere Street for us. And so we have to continue be changing that. And so with all these things, as you're preparing to move, there is in the back of your head, why am I bothering to do all this? Why am I bothering to pick up and move down the road? Because it's just so much hassle making this change. But then we remember why we're moving down the road, and it's because it's a house that has been uh, prepared for us. It is a much better house. It is a house with more rooms. It's a house where uh, we've been able to be involved in designing the kitchen and uh, and saying what colours we want on things and, and what carpet we want down, what colours we want the walls to be. It's a house that is so much better. And so it's worth the hassles that are involved in moving down the road uh, because it is to a better place that we are going. There's a similar situation that's being faced by the people that have the letter of the book of Hebrews written to them. The recipients of the book of Hebrews, uh, we don't know too much about them, but we do know that they're probably Jews who have become Christians. And they're experiencing some form of persecution for being Christians. And so there's that temptation to them to go back to the way of Judaism. Because at this time in the Roman Empire, uh, Jews are protected under the, the laws of the land as being able to worship just one God and not have to sacrifice to the, the gods of uh, the Romans. 
Every other um, person, basically, they have to sacrifice to the god of the Romans, and then they can worship any other gods that they choose. And that's okay if you're a polytheist, if you worship many gods, because you are happy to worship, if, if Caesar is setting himself up as god, you're happy to uh, pour out a, a sacrifice to, to Caesar, as well as to your own gods. But for Jews... They were very resistant to that practice, and so they always made sure uh, that they had some sort of approval from the government that they could just worship one god and not have to worship Caesar. And for a while, the Christians were okay because they were just seen to be a sect of Judaism, and so they were kind of protected there. But eventually the Romans worked out that they aren't Jews, that they are not just a Jewish sect, that they're a different religion. And so they've started to require that Christians worship other gods as well as Jesus Christ. And so they started to get persecuted very heavily. And that made these converted Jews here that received the book of Hebrews want to go back to Judaism in some ways because it would be easier. They'd be protected by the law of the land and they'd be no longer persecuted. So the message of the book of Hebrews is trying to encourage these Jewish Christians to stay Christians. And one of the main points, the main thrust of the book, is that Christianity is better than Judaism. That Christianity is a superior revelation. Through Jesus Christ, we have something better than the Old Testament prophets could give you, that the Old Testament could give you. Jesus has come and there is something so much better. And Jesus is said at the first part of of, uh, Hebrews to be superior to the prophets. Last week we looked at how God has spoken to us at many times and in various ways through the prophets. And the book, uh, the author of Hebrews is not going to say that the Old Testament is not the word of God. But he's saying that there's an even better revelation that has come, and that is Jesus Christ. But is that true? Is Jesus a better revelation? Well, the author of the Hebrews tells us quite plainly, I think, in the next couple of verses that we're going to look at this morning, verse 2 and 3, that Jesus is superior to the prophets quite clearly. And he gives us eight points why Jesus is superior to the Old Testament prophets. Not that The Old Testament prophets were wrong, or that they were flawed. But Jesus is just a much better revelation. And so my first main point this morning, to show that Jesus is a better revelation than the prophets, is that Jesus is the Son of God. It says there in verse 2, but I'll read from verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. Jesus is the Son of God, and this means that he is a better revelation than the prophets. Why is that? Why being the Son of God makes him better than the prophets? Well, who knows a father very well? Who knows someone particularly better than others? Well, you'd usually say the family. The family get to witness things that happen in the home that no one else gets to do. There's sort of this persona that you put on this front when visitors come over, that this is the way things are. But the family often knows quite a lot more about somebody. And I think this is the case with the son. The son is the son of God. And he knows a lot more about the father simply because he is the son. 
He knows the Father in a way that the Old Testament prophets don't at all. Yes, we are said to be sons of God as as humans, but he is the Son of God. He is a a peculiar, different Son of God, and he knows God in a way that these prophets didn't. So Jesus is a far better revelation simply because he is the Son of God. How else? Well, my second main point is that Jesus is the heir of all things. Verse 2, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Jesus owns everything. He is the heir. God has given him all things. He has inherited the world, the universe, everything that is contained in it. Now how does being an heir make him able to reveal God better? How is he a better spokesman than the prophets about humankind? Well, who knows an inheritance best? Who knows about things best? It's the person who owns them, the person who makes sure that they're getting their entire inheritance. They are careful that, did I get everything that I deserved? And they go through and they check that everything is theirs. And if they own it, they make sure that they know everything about it. And so Jesus then is able to tell you about the world and about you better than anyone else because he owns you. He knows you best because he is your owner. And he knows what's going to happen to you because he owns you and directs what's going to take place in your life. It's kind of like if uh, you uh, are a son of a, a very wealthy businessman who owns lots of companies, and when he dies, you inherit everything. And you inherit the companies. And what comes with the companies? It comes with staff. And the staff are very worried about, now what's going to happen to us? The leader has changed. Are we going to keep our jobs or are we going to lose our jobs? It's a case of, well, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? The heir knows. The person who has inherited knows what's going to happen because he owns your job. He owns the company that you work for. And so it is with Jesus. He is better than the prophets because... He owns you and he knows what's going to happen to you. He's the one who can tell you, this is going to happen. If you walk this way, if you work this way, this is going to happen. If you walk this way or work this way, this is going to happen. He is boss. He is in charge as the heir of all things. And so he's so much better than the prophets in the Old Testament He's so much higher than them because no prophet owned all things. No, all the prophets were owned by Jesus. He is far better revelation than them. Third way that he's better. Third main point is that Jesus is the creator of the universe. He's superior to the prophets because he is the creator. It says in verse 2, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Jesus was used by God to make the universe. Now how does being the creator of all things make you a better revelation than the prophets? Who knows something best? Something that's been made. Who knows it best? It's the creator. The person who put it all together knows it best. You think about that with your computer. If it needs repairs, you usually have purchased some sort of warranty from the manufacturer because they're the ones who put it together. 
And so they're the ones who can take it apart and put it back together if there's a problem with it. And so Jesus, as your creator, knows you in a way that no prophet ever did. He knows how you tick. And so when he talks about you, you'd better make sure you're paying attention because he talks with the authority of being a creator. He is so much better than the Old Testament prophets. Fourth way that Jesus is better, the fourth thing that this author tells us, the fourth thing he tells us is that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. What does it mean that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory? What does it mean to be radiant? It means to be bright, to uh, shine forth. What does it mean to shine forth God's glory? What is God's glory? Well, there's a sense where God's glory is honouring him for what he has done and who he is. So you go through the different attributes of God. He's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's um, everywhere, these kinds of things, and you give him honour and glory for that. But there's another sense in the Bible where it talks about the glory of God and it's just his inapproachable brightness, the shining forth of his majesty, the light that just springs from him. And how do we see this? How does this author of the book of Hebrews say that we see the glory of God, this shining forth of who he is? It's in the sun. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. And so when you look at him, you see how glorious God is. And no prophet has ever been like that, has never been the light shining forth from God. Yes, they could give some light, but they weren't the light of God. If you want to see a light, you don't look at it through a veil. You don't look at it through something dim, through sunglasses. If you walk into a room and you're looking at the light bulbs to see what color they are, You don't look at them through sunglasses. No, you take those off and you look directly at the light. And that's what you do when you want to see the glory of God. Who do you look at? Not the Old Testament prophets. You look at the sun and he shines forth God's glory. He's so much greater than the Old Testament prophets. What's the fifth thing that shows that Jesus is supreme to the Old Testament prophets? Well, verse 3 gives it to us. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. My fifth main point this morning is that Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. The word representative there, um, it's a word used for seal or for stamp on a coin. And so it's pointing to that illusion of where uh, a, a ruler puts their face on a coin to represent them there but this is so much more because what does it represent what does Jesus represent here it's not just the face of God an image of God what does he represent the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being the word being could also be translated substance who God is is represented in Jesus Christ. How does that make him a better revelation than the prophets? Well, it means that when you 
look at Jesus, you look at God. He is God. That's what this is saying. He is the exact representation of his substance. So Jesus can make that audacious claim that gets him in big trouble with the Jews, that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Looking at me is like looking at God because I am the exact representation of his substance. And no Old Testament prophet was ever like that. Old Testament prophets, yes, they speak the very word of God, but often they would have spoken their own words. You'd see an Old Testament prophet like Isaiah or Jeremiah, and sometimes he'd be speaking with the word of God, but sometimes he'd be just speaking as good old Isaiah or Jeremiah, just a prophet. When Jesus spoke, every time he spoke, he spoke the word of God because he is the exact representation of his being. Jesus is a far superior revelation than the Old Testament prophets. Sixth reason that Jesus is superior is because Jesus sustains all things. Was it say in verse 3? The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus sustains everything. He keeps everything going. The reason you don't explode all over the place is because Jesus is holding you together. And he's holding not just you, not just humans. He's holding your cat together. He's holding your dog together. He's holding the goldfish together. He's holding the trees outside. He's holding your house together. The reason everything doesn't collapse, doesn't disintegrate, is because Jesus is sustaining it. How does that make Jesus a better revelation than the Old Testament prophets? Well, he's like a watchmaker that not only makes the watch and then ships it off to retail, but follows it and sells it and then stays in your home like if it was a grandfather clock. And every day the watchmaker's there winding the grandfather clock back up so that it ticks over the next day, and he's there oiling it, He's, he's making sure all the mechanisms are working. He's holding it together. He's making sure the clock continues to function. He lives there next to the clock, making sure that it's still going. And so he can tell you about the clock so much better than anybody else because he's there sustaining it. He didn't just create it. He sustains it. And so God is a better revelation, and Jesus is a better revelation than the prophets because he can tell you about you in a way that the prophets can't, because he is the one who holds you together. He didn't just create you and then go off. He's the one who's made sure that you're still alive today, that you lived however many years you've lived and are right here at this moment sitting on a church pew because he is making sure that you are sitting on the church pew. So when he speaks about you, you'd better make sure you're listening because he really knows what he's doing. He knows how to create you, and then he created you, and he knows how to sustain you, and he actually does it. No prophet ever, ever claimed to be the sustainer of anything, to be the sustainer of all things, let alone like Jesus. Seventh way that Jesus is superior to the prophets. 
Verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided purification for sins. Jesus, seventhly, is the purifier of sins. Jesus purifies sins. What does it mean that Jesus purifies sins? It means that at his death on the cross, he was paying the penalty for your sins so that you could be washed and cleansed and changed so that you are no longer a sinner before God, but you are righteous in his eyes. Now, how does that make him a better revelation than the Old Testament prophets? Well, what is the biggest barrier between you and God? What is the biggest barrier between you and hearing from God? and him revealing himself to you. It's sin. Why don't you listen to God? It's sin. Why don't you hear even God? It's sin that gets in the way. It clouds up your mind. It blinds you to God. You need that barrier taken away. And who does that? Do the Old Testament prophets do that? No, it's Jesus who takes away the blindness, who enlightens your mind, Because he purifies you from your sin. He takes away that barrier so that you are no longer walking in the darkness, but you're walking in the light of the Lord. So he's a much better revelation than the Old Testament prophets ever were because he doesn't just tell you about God. He enables you to to listen and to understand. The prophets just told They didn't do any of the work of changing the person's heart as they listened. But Jesus does. He's the one who cleanses from sins. And then eight, the last reason why Jesus is superior to the Old Testament prophets. It says there in verse 3, After he had provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of God. And that's the eighth reason why Jesus is better than the prophets. What's it mean that Jesus is at the right hand of God? What's he doing there? Well, it means that he's there in the most honoured position in heaven and earth and everywhere. God's right hand is God's right hand of power. And so Jesus has gone to the top. There's no higher position. It's not like he's, you know, got to Prime Minister of Australia, but then, you know, there's always a little bit higher that you can go. The Queen of England really does have ultimate authority, although she's more of a figurehead these days. But the Attorney General is still over the top of the Prime Minister as the, the Queen, as representative here in Australia. And so it's not like Jesus is the Prime Minister and he's still got a way to go. No, he's gone not just to the King of a particular country, not just to the king of the world, but he's at the right hand. He's ascended to the top of the universe. Now, how does this make him a superior revelation to the prophets? Well, the person at the top really knows what's going on down below. The person at the top has the ability, they have the power and the authority to find out about people, about what's going on down below them. You may not think that the government knows too much about you, and it may be because they don't think that you're worthy of paying attention to. 
But if they want to know things about you, they've got the power and the authority to do that. They can track you for a while, they can listen to your phone calls, they can do all kinds of things to you to find out more about you. And then when they call you in, if they want to take you off the streets, they can then tell you all kinds of things about what you've been up to and explain that to you. Jesus at the top knows you very well because he is at the top. There is no one above him that knows something a little more about you. He is at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, and so he is far superior to the Old Testament prophets. He can tell you more about you than they ever could because he is at the right hand of God. So Jesus is clearly a far superior revelation. Yes, God spoke in the Old Testament at many times and in various ways through the prophets, but in these last days... He has spoken by his son. And so the author of the Hebrews, of the book of Hebrews, is saying, don't go back to Judaism. Don't just go back and hang on to the Old Testament prophets. You've got a far superior revelation in Jesus Christ. This is a whole new era in God's salvation plan. Don't go back not denying that the Old Testament prophets did speak the word of God, but they pointed to Jesus Christ. Their whole function was to point you to him, the far superior revelation. I was trying to come up with an illustration as to what this would be like, and I thought maybe it's like someone who has an ice cream cone and then has the ice cream on it. But the Hebrews just want the cone. The cone, yes, it's, it's good in itself, particularly if it's a waffle cone, but the whole function of a waffle cone is to support the ice cream, is to point you to the ice cream. And to have the cone without the ice cream is just, well, what's the point? Yes, I can chew on the waffle cone, but really it's better with the ice cream. And that's what they're doing. They're saying, we just want the cone and we're going to miss out on the ice cream. Yes, it does cost more to have the ice cream on top than if you just buy the cone. But it's worth the cost because the ice cream is so much better than just the cone on its own. I'm not sure if that's a very good illustration and whether it makes a bit of a mockery of this. But I think there's something there, that that's what they're doing. Yes, it is hard work being a Christian, but it's so much better to be a Christian than to just be a Jew with the Old Testament prophets because it's like comparing chalk and cheese to compare Jesus to an Old Testament prophet. There's just eight reasons laid out there, boom, 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 by the author of Hebrews, showing how much superior Jesus is to those Old Testament prophets. And there's a temptation for us as Christians to leave Christianity behind. There's always that whispering temptation from Satan, particularly when we suffer for the Christian faith, just as these Hebrews suffered and they were then tempted to go back to their old way of life. And there's that temptation for us. It's hard work being a Christian. It requires diligence. It requires uh, self-control. It requires you to deny a lot of sins. And that's quite hard. It'd just be so much easier to go back to what I was doing before. 
And then people wouldn't look at me strangely. I may not even get hurt as much as I am now for being a Christian. And I'd experience those blessings that I had in the old way of life of peace with others and not discord with them because now as a Christian I'm, on, I'm an outcast, I'm on the outside. But do you realise what you're leaving behind? You're leaving Jesus Christ behind. The one who is all these things, the son of God, the heir of all things, the one who made everything, the universe, the the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, the one who sustains you. You're turning your back on him even as he sustains you. The one who provided purification for your sins. The one who is at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Don't listen to Satan's lies that it would be better to go back to your old way of life. There may have been some good there in the sense that you had peace with others. But it's so much better to be with Jesus and experience the sufferings that come with being a Christian. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, don't stay in the way of life that you're in now and miss out on Jesus Christ and who he is. You're turning your back on the Son of God. You're turning your back on the heir who owns you. You're turning your back on the one who made you, the one who is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, the one who is sustaining you right now. You're turning your back on him. You're turning your back on the one who can provide purification for your sins. And you're turning your back on the one who is at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Don't do that. Recognize you are a sinner and you need Jesus Christ to purify you from all your sins. Do it right now. Repent of your sins. Say you're sorry to God and trust in the one who is like no other. Trust in Jesus Christ death for you so that you don't have to die for your own sins. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you did not just give us the Old Testament but that you have revealed so much more to us than those people who lived during the Old Testament. You have revealed to us yourself and who we are by your Son, We thank you for who he is. We thank you that he is your son. We thank you that he is the heir of all things, that he is the one who made the universe, that he is your radiance of glory. We thank you that he is the exact representation of your being. When we look at him, we look at you. When we hear him speak, we hear you speak. Lord, we thank you that he sustains us by his powerful word. We thank you for the purification that he has given for our sins. And we thank you that he is at your right hand now, interceding for us, ruling over us, looking after us. Lord, we do pray for anyone here this morning who has ignored Jesus Christ before. We pray that they may not ignore him any longer 
they may not accept any revelation from you that is inferior to Jesus Christ. Yes, you reveal yourself in creation, Lord, but this is not enough. Yes, you reveal yourself in the prophets, but this is insufficient. They need to turn to the best revelation, Jesus Christ. We pray that they may repent of their sins even now and believe in him for the first time today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.